guys. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast mini-sode. I haven't done one of these in a while and I'm excited. I'm going to read a listener's story she sent to us and I found it super interesting. So did Sarah. I'm going to um, not say people's names in here just to respect her privacy. Um, So hopefully I don't get anything (laughs) mixed up. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's start. My father was born in 1964 in Provo, Utah, to my white Mormon grandparents who are from Hurricane and descendants of Mormon pioneers. I had done my genealogy trees with my dad about my white Mormon family. We are descendants of Brigham Young. We are also descendants of Benjamin Franklin Johnson, and he was one of the Mormon pioneers who settled Mesa and built the Mesa Temple. My father married my mother in 1988, and I was born in 1989. My father served a mission in Uruguay from 1986 to 88, and he had just returned to Utah with his new Spanish-speaking skills. He met my mother in a Spanish-speaking ward in Las Vegas, where my mother was working as a night nurse in a work, on a work visa from Mexico at a hospital. I am a descendant of two cultures. Part of the trouble I had growing up was trying to connect with my mother's culture, but unsuccessfully accomplishing that because my family had been whitewashed by Mormonism. Even my mother and her whole family in Mexico were Mormon. The church had already successfully converted many people in Mexico. I did baptisms for the dead as a youth and always wondered about my Mexican heritage that we knew nothing about. As soon as my parents married, my father joined the U.S. Army. We lived on many bases when I was a young child, and I rarely saw my father until the age of five when my father quit the Army and we moved to Las Vegas. This was a good time. In 1993, my brother was born, and my dad became a mechanic. We lived in a tiny one-room cottage behind my tia's house in North Las Vegas. In the 90s, North Las Vegas was our rough place. We were poor, but we had the church and family close by. Then in 1995, we moved to Hurricane, Utah. My mother was pregnant with my youngest brother. My mother got up in the middle of the night in September to use the bathroom, and there was water on the floor, and she slipped. As she fell, her belly hit the side of the toilet seat, and we as a family immediately went to the St. George Hospital. My youngest brother was born two weeks early, and the umbilical cord had wrapped around his neck in the fall, and he came out feet first. He had lost so much oxygen that he was born blue. My youngest brother was born with severe cerebral palsy, and his birth changed the rest of our lives forever. He couldn't walk, talk, eat. He eventually had a feeding tube in his belly. He was blind. He had no real control over his motor functions. He was very expensive to keep and cherish. My dad rejoined the military, only this time he signed up for basic training as a Special Forces Green Beret. My father was in Special Forces for roughly eight years. We moved back to Fayetteville, North Carolina, shortly after my youngest brother's birth. He needed the best medical care he could get on my parents' meager earnings. I became a second nurse and a second mom in the home. I raised my other brother because my parents rarely had time for him. He now has issues with my father for never being there for him, and I help him a lot with that. I comforted my mother. She was so worried my father might not come home. He served many training in narcotics missions in South America for six to eight months at a time. 
I've always been the support beam for everyone in my family since my youngest brother was born. When my father left Special Forces in 2004, I was 15. My abuelo and abuela, abuela came to visit all the way from Guadalajara, Mexico. My abuelo is a stake patriarch in Mexico, and I wanted my patriarchal blessing from him. My shelf already had many cracks due to my family's struggles and my own inner struggles. I was bisexual, just didn't really know it as a teen, and I had suicidal thoughts often. I really thought if I got my blessing from my abuelo, it would mean so much more and quote-unquote fix me and my doubts. My father then started going through his midlife crisis slash enlightenment. He was reading and researching the scriptures and came to the conclusion that Mormons should have never done away with polygamy, and he wanted more wives. My mother didn't agree, among other things. My parents divorced in a very public and ugly manner. The church was very involved. My mother was upset by my father trying to take care of other single women with children. My father was deluded about the polygamy, but everything else for him started to slide into place as well. Notably, noticeably, notably, excuse me, sorry, notably the way Joseph Smith was a pervert and married missionaries' wives while he sent them on missions. He was the elders quorum president and argued in elders quorum meeting about this very fact, and that was when he was removed from his position. Everyone in the ward had heard of my father doing this and told the stake president. My father was promptly excommunicated. The church tried to say it was because he brought his new girlfriend to church while he was still married to my mom, but the truth was they were already separated at that time. My father was living in a trailer down the road from our house because my mother had declared she wanted a divorce. It was a very difficult time. My youngest brother was sent to live in a medical care program, program in Rockingham, North Carolina to be cared for properly while my parents divorced. My father filed for bankruptcy and lost his landscaping business and our house. I was 16 and I couldn't deal. I requested to live with my dad's sister in Cedar City, Utah. I intended to go to college at any cost. I asked my aunt if I could live with her, get my in-state residency, and attend SUU, Southern, Uni Southern Utah University, and it was a yes. I moved to Cedar City in June of 2006, right before my senior year of high school. I was shocked by Utah culture. In Fayetteville, I had gone to a very diverse high school with a total of six Mormon kids. Everyone in Cedar City was Mormon. I did not like it. I wasn't special anymore. There was no one to explain my strange and exciting Book of Mormon to. I was jaded. The church had asked me to be a light unto the world and study hard and to preach the scriptures when back home in quote-unquote Zion. No one was really walking the walk, just judging everyone on how holier than thou they were. I stayed silent about my thoughts but slowly started to rebel. I dated my first girlfriend in the summer of 2006. I skipped seminary. I had atheist friends. I finished high school in 2007, and that summer moved out of my aunt's house and in with a non-Mormon friend, and we are still best friends to this day. I was attending church, but I was still attending church at this time, and I began taking classes at Southern Utah University. Flash forward to 2009, I had recently hit rock bottom for finally leaving the church and becoming outspoken about my atheism. I was kicked out of my Mormon girl's house, I was fired from my Mormon movie theater job, and I had to file unemployment for wrongful termination. I was living on unemployment and paying $150 a month to rent a basement from a crappy building that housed other young Exmo Southern Utah University students as well. My youngest brother passed away 
in June of 2009. My mother had, since 2008, relocated to Arizona with my two brothers. Arizona did not disagree with, or did not agree with my disabled brother. He died of asphyxiation in his sleep. It was a miracle that he had lived to be 14 in the first place. My mother is still trying to pin all her troubles on my father at this point. She was suing him for alimony. To this day, my mother has ruined my father financially. The church convinced her that he was to blame for everything that had gone wrong in their marriage. I was very angry with her at this time for forcing our family to become even more destitute. She demanded my youngest brother to be buried, which is more expensive than cremation because it's the way Mormons believe resurrection occurs. My father and brother and I built my youngest brother's coffin because in the blessed state of Arizona, you can do that to cut costs of the funeral. My grandpa paid for the rest of the expenses. I gave the eulogy and it took every fiber in my being to say that he is in a better place now when I truly did not believe it. My dad and his brothers were palm bearers and when they went to get his casket out of the hearse to place it over the gravesite, the LDS patriarch spoke up. He confronted my father and said, You, sir, are excommunicated from the church, and you cannot be present during this proceeding. The patriarch got into a heated argument with my father over his excommunication and that the church dictates that he cannot be present during the blessing and sealing of the burial. My father fought for a while to the point where the patriarch's wife chimed in and said she would call the police if he didn't step away from the coffin. I was stunned. I truly did not understand these people, and I'm angry about it again now just thinking about it. My father became quiet, stepped up to the coffin, picked up a handful of dirt and placed it on my brother's coffin, then went to the edge of the cemetery and stood there watching from a distance under a mesquite tree. My brother's funeral was so traumatic for my family. It has taken us 10 long years to heal and pick up the pieces since my parents' divorce and his death. I have never moved back in with either my mother or father, but I am dedicated to my I am dedicated to my independence. But I have never shied away from my family. If they call, I answer and I talk honestly with them. I have said many hurtful but true things to both of my parents that they needed to hear. I am always here to hear them when they need to talk about their our traumatic life. I have discovered so many layers and secrets and surprises from being the listener in the family. Life right now with my family has changed greatly because I don't settle for anything but honesty with my family. My brother has redrawn, withdrawn his records, and so have I. My Only my mom is left as a TBM member, and even now her shelf has begun to crack because of our talks. I have come out to her about my bisexuality and atheism. We have honest conversations, and she is starting to wake up. I will continue to help my family heal and become stronger. After all, families are together forever. Thank you for listening and reading my story. I think that about wraps up the big picture. You are wonderful and I love you both. Ah, Yeah. That, that whole story from start to finish, um, I'm sure there's even so many more details that, you know, don't fit into, into a letter, but um, it's... It was so touching and so raw and so real. And it's it's quite amazing how every part of people's lives can be affected by the church. And it's very clear with this listener how it affected every aspect of her life. And um, I want to thank you, listener. You know who you are. Thank you for sending that, taking the time to write that. 
and I know it probably definitely wasn't easy. There was a lot of hard things to think about and to write down, but um, I'm happy that you did, and I'm happy you wanted to share, and that's what we're here for. We're all here to share stories with each other and to build each other up. So thank you so much. And to anyone else who wants to share, as always, as I say at the end of every single one of these, um, email us your stories if you'd like to share at notsomollymormonpodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back soon. Can't wait to talk to y'all again. Thanks. Bye.